So now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Okay, hey everybody. All right. <clears throat> I try to make this look easy. But it's not always easy, just so you know. Alright, so welcome to this edition of Bible News Radio. As you guys know, I am your sweet and lovable host. Yeah, I am. I have to tell you, that you guys love me. You really do. Hi, Rex, no feet. Uh, say hi to some other people that come in. Lou is here. Liz is here. Marlene is here. Ornella. Oh, I thank you guys for uh, uh, sharing this out. I really appreciate it. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the headlines of the day. You know, one of the things that you guys tell me, you talk, you talk to me about when I talk to you individually, and I talk to a lot of you, actually. I think pretty much anybody who wants to talk to me, I talk to. Um, But one of the things that you talk about is how we cover um, things in the news that are are relevant, but you're like, how do you find these stories and stuff? So that's a secret, trade secret, uh, how I find the stories. But uh, today we're going to talk... We're going to, we have three really big headlines. We got this headline that says hundreds of Southern Baptist leaders, volunteers accused of sexual misconduct and bombshell investigation. I also have another article titled Young Evangelicals Souring on Israel because of social justice, media deception, and more. Also, Trump's numbers have gone up since his State of the Union. There's a shocker. Uh, According to Daily Mail, Trump's approval rating among likely voters soars to his best in 23 months at 52%. Now, here's the thing. Tomorrow, I will be doing an exclusive interview with a former Trump insider. This guy was the right-hand man to Trump. Uh, I don't know if you know who he is. Cliff Sims. Does that name ring a bell to anybody? Well, Cliff actually spent 500 days inside the Trump administration it has a brand new book out called Team of Vipers. And the book Team of Vipers um, is actually um, doing very well. There's over 113, uh, is that it? No, 116 customer reviews over on Amazon. I have to tell you, it's, it's rated number 19 on Amazon charts currently as I speak. And it's a New York Times bestseller. Now you're probably wondering... How did this guy get on Bible News Radio? Well, I'll tell you. Because the guy that runs the media uh, and uh, everything, <laughs> I'm tempted to tell you what the guy told me once, but I, I won't go there. But I, I, will <laughs> I will say that his book 
is is rated three and a half stars by the people that have read it, supposedly. Uh, and I have to also tell you uh, that um, that Cliff Sims is a Christian, uh, and he has a lot of inside knowledge about um, the faith-based initiatives and the faith pe- the people of faith that actually are inside the Trump administration. So, like Paula White. Uh, and others, and um, actually, Cliff Sims, his pastor is David Platt. Now, I don't know about you guys, uh, but um, David Platt is, gosh, my nose itches. David Platt is kind of a um, controversial figure in himself, depending on who you ask. Um, and anyway, he, he, Cliff Sims, was interviewed over on, uh, I think it was Christianity Today, by Ed Stetzer. So, um, if you... If you know who the Christian insiders are and the, who the Christian leaders are, then you know that's kind of a big deal. So to kind of get this guy on the show is kind of cool, actually. So I, I'm going to be doing a, a, a phone interview with him in the morning tomorrow, and then we'll play we'll play it, I think. No, we won't. We're not going to play it tomorrow because I got Pastor Tommy Norman. My friend Tommy is going to be on our show tomorrow. So we'll probably play it Wednesday for you. Uh, But if you, in the meantime, want to find out more about the book, Team of Vipers, My 500 Extraordinary Days in the Trump White House, which is over a year, people, just so you know, uh, then you might want to check it out. My my guess is, just so you know, my guess is that the negative reviews are due to people who hate Trump more than anything who have never read the book. And from what I understand, uh, Cliff... Uh, what is a believer and a devout believer and he actually talks about how easy it was to kind of get swayed from his beliefs and he actually talks a little bit about that uh, with other people there so um, you know it is a it's all relative and like Rex says Amazon reviews for anything really conservative or Christian are not worth much at all which is actually true I mean you know my little book five successful ways to stay depressed only has one negative review on it uh, which actually validates me because the guy that wrote the negative review was upset that my book, he didn't find it helpful because he's depressed. Anyway, if you read my book, Five Successful Ways to Stay Depressed, then you, you kind of understand why that's funny to me uh, because it is funny, actually. Just so you know. Okay. Uh, also, let me see here. I have... Uh, Carmen mentioned me in a comment and she said, Hey, Stacy. And there's Kim. Kim is watching. Hey, Kimmy. Am I calling you Kimmy now? (laughs) How are your baby goats doing? Are they doing good? (laughs) I got to come see him. I got to see him. I got to get us some pictures with me and those goats because those are good, good goats. All right. So, uh, so I want to say, um, uh, just personal thank you to all of you out there who who send me messages when you see me kind of be stressed out, you know, on the show like last night. Um, I want to thank you all for your prayers. It it really uh, touches me. You know, Randall and I have had quite the interesting week of of sad news, and and I have to tell you that um, I went to my friend's memorial service Saturday, and it was beautiful of course memorial services are beautiful but i don't like to see dead people just so you know i'm not one of those types i'm i'm not i I don't i don't get people who this is just the mini rant 
like who grows up, you know, who, like when you're a child, you grow up and you want to be a mortician, you know, I mean, that's like, you know, you're putting in the category of like, you're a mortician and, 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 or you're somebody who likes to analyze feces for a living. You know what I'm saying? I, I just don't get it. And yet God gives us all gifts, doesn't he? And, you know, but then the other thing is being a, a makeup artist for dead people. I mean, who, who does that? I, I know there's a lot of people out there, but I am not one of those people. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so I kind of wish that, you know, I hadn't seen my friend dead. I just don't like that. I, hey, oh, Shane here. Hi, Shane. Um, I don't like it. I just don't like it. Uh, I think it's important to remember that we're not talking about dead people. Well, we're talking about corpses. I know, but it's just sucky. I, about just, I don't like dead people. Vacated vacated human abodes. <sighs> but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not, especially for that reason. It's like, well, the lights aren't on and nobody is home. It's, um... Yeah, so I mean, I've been I would traumatized all wouldn't, weekend. Wouldn't dis, you know, disgrace or um, or what's the word I'm looking for? You know, disgrace or defile, I guess, a human body, even though it's no longer being used. At the same time, yeah, not my bag either. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, you know, I didn't get to go play pickleball this morning because my car didn't start which really sucks. And yes, I have AAA, but, you know, AAA around here takes eternity to get to you. So I decided to wait for Bearface to get home. Um, but yeah, I was I was hoping to go and play and kind of talk to some of my friends that were, were there at Joe's memorial service, but God wanted me here instead, people. Yeah, he did. Kim said I could go over to her house. Good, I will. I'll go over. We need to set up just a time for me to go over. That would be fun. All right, I see some of my teammates for Legal Shield came in. Uh, we got Melanie Weiser. We have, uh, let's see, Liz came in. Natasha's here. Hey, Natasha, Joel, Jonathan, rather. Mama Gina, another one of my, my teammates, Legal Shield people. Diane, did I say Diane? I think I did. Um, anyway, thank you guys for coming in. By the way, I want to tell you all, this has been my most... Um, uh, I'm not sure what the word right is, but so far this month I have um, had a very good month with Legal Shield, and so I'll just give the plug right here. If you are not familiar with the business or the services of Legal Shield, then um, then do me a favor and set up a time to talk to me and let me tell you about the extraordinary service this is. It's an awesome service. We offer legal protection plans that are only twenty four dollars and ninety five cents a month, and Identity theft protection, which is $9.95 a month for an individual and $24.95 a month for uh, people. I just got done signing up two of my friends here locally for ID Shield. You guys, ID Shield in itself will pay for itself if you just sign up for that. The mobile app is awesome because all of your, your credit score is there. It's updated every month, but you have access to stuff. Uh, we monitor your social media. Uh, you know, we give you a, a, a ID Shield Vault, and we also give you member perks with that. With that, nine ninety five a month, you get so much. It's going to pay for the membership. I I promise you, it will. 
Um, I wouldn't be so adamant about trying to get it in the palm of everybody's hand if it didn't, because uh, it's just, it's just, it's so great. Um, and the legal membership is really great to have to get your will done. I have, you know, and speaking of wills, hello, you know, you're going to die probably. <laughs> Death is all around. Uh, no, I don't want you to die, but but yes, when you sign up for Legal Shield, you get this will questionnaire and you can print it up. And what it does is it goes through everything that you would leave in your will and then you submit it to your attorney law pri- uh, provider law firm and they fill it out and they make it a legal document for you. It's super cool. You know, wills can cost a thousand, three thousand bucks depending on how big your family is. You get to update it every year. It covers your medicals, you know, your living will, your your trust, all that stuff. It covers it for twenty five bucks basically. It's the best deal around. And like I keep telling people, Legal Shield is like subscription legal services. It's like Netflix. You know, you pay nine bucks or whatever it is for Netflix a month, and then you you can watch unlimited TV, right? Well, it's the same thing um, that uh, with with legal insurance, except the thing is, is we want you to use it. If you have bad customer service, this is a great service to get because then you can feel empowered when these people who are bad to you do what they do. So just saying. Anyway, so get in touch with me directly. You can call me. My phone number, if you want, is 714-244-6890. That's actually my cell phone. It's this it, it that's my number this is it here right this that number will get me 714-244-6890 you guys can actually text me at that number as well just say hey it's me from your show tell me your screen name and your real name and i will call you back i talked to one of our viewers this morning and i called her back <laughs> she told me how much she cared about me and that was super cool um anyway so thanks for that now shane says you're the second person this past week that has mentioned pickleball i've never heard it before ha ha yes well you know all of my friends uh half of my pickleball community was in another state winning tournaments all day uh, so that was super cool and i actually am wearing my pickleball shirt see my usapa pickleball shirt for some reason i lost the shirt and i finally found it ah <sighs> Yeah, I did. Okay. All right. So, Randall, um, thank you all for praying for Bearface, too. You want to update everybody, Randall, about your dad? Because, you know, we've been praying for you and your dad. So, well, you, I appreciate your, your that. Your first person testimonial for your dad. Well, I'm not sure what to say to condense it. Um, God only knows, but he appears to be on the last leg of his journey having battled uh, prostate cancer for a while. And yes, he had a prostectomy uh, years ago, but that is not the end of prostate cancer because those cells will continue to be in your bloodstream and in your body. And so uh, they've been able to limit its growth uh, over the years. Not eradicate it, but limit it. And, um, he was taking the chemo pills for chemotherapy rather than, you know, injection or anything like that. Though he had that in the past, it was in pill form (coughs) that were just, uh, (coughs) making him feel terrible, really just, um, just exhausted and, and, and easily worn out. Um, just... (laughs) <laughs> just 
uh, feeling pretty much worthless and, and sick and tired, basically. Well, as you might expect, you know, toxic chemicals, ingesting them. Um, but anyway, he talked to his oncologist and said, you know, what's the prognosis if I, you know, take these pills versus not taking these pills? Because it's certainly not <laughs> enjoyable taking them and it doesn't feel like it's doing any good. And so the oncologist, his best guess, again, you know, Lloyd's in control, didn't know, based on experience. He said, uh, stay on the pills. You've got, you know, probably three to four years. You stop taking them maybe a year. And so my father's opted to stop taking the pills. And, and recently... Uh, just this past week, ended up in the hospital. His health has been declining um, over the months, sort of a rapid pace. And he had problems with his uh, blood pressure uh, and heart. Um, uh, this past week was admitted to the hospital. They're talking about yesterday and this morning they're talking about discharging him uh, back to... Uh, this veteran's home, which is kind of like an assisted living place. But the plan going forward is um, really just hospice care. And and um, anyway, God knows how much time he's got left, whether it's, whether it's weeks, months, or years. You know, but um, sort of the prognosis from a... Uh, one doctor at the hospital, attending physician, said, um, he said, um, probably not six months, but anyway, so it's kind of tough to see my dad in that condition, and um, though I didn't grow up with him, you know, um, he, he is my dad, and um, Anyway, it's sort of, so it's kind of surreal. I'm still processing it, I guess. Not sure how to process it. But. Birth, death, and wedding bells, it's undeniable. <clears throat> mm. it changes. Yeah. Nothing can stop the change. For those of you and listening to the podcast, the show's still going. Just a little bit of radio silence there. I don't need earphones for anything. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, so it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> the harps are here to lift you up, people. Yeah, we are. <laughs> oh. <Yeah>, <sighs> Quoting a lyric there from uh, Michelle Wagner's song, Change. I remember that, actually. Yep. That's a good song. Yeah, it is. And <clears throat> it's a good perspective on life. 
Yeah. You know, there's no experience that ever goes to waste. Every passing moment is a precious thing to taste. So open your heart to living. Open your... Is it open your arms to living? Open your heart to change? Something like that. One of those. Basically open yourself up to change because... um, you know, as Romans eight twenty eight tells us that, you know, all things work together for good, though for those who love God, and are called according to His purpose, and and the things we experience, um, work you know together for good. They change us for the better, and yeah. And if you're so inclined. I forget which which day and my utmost for his highest, what it's recorded on, but Oswald Chambers talked about receiving oneself in the flames of sorrow. And it's, and it's a pretty powerful message about, uh, along those lines, that we need to go through the tough times to embrace those trials and and that that makes us useful to other people if we try to avoid pain and sorrow and say it shouldn't be and try to insulate ourselves from it then we'll end up being of little or no use to other people um paul talks about uh comforting one another the comfort with which we've been comforted um as we go through trials and not around them or over them <laughs> or sidestep them, but through them. So also there is, um, my friend Karen, I just got her obituary sent to me mm. and, um, you guys, Karen was only 55 and, um, she just a couple months older than I am. Yeah. <clears throat> More than a couple, few, I guess, a few months. I don't Less than a year. See here if I can find her thing here. There it is. So Karen was one of my first counseling clients. So this is this is a bittersweet for me because you know when you're a green therapist and then you get handed a client that you have no clue what to do with. <laughs> Uh, she was it, but you know, she, um, she and I Marco poloed and I'm going to, I'm going to share with you the last polo she sent me and I don't think anybody will care, but just so you could hear her voice and hear, you know, why I loved her so much. Cause you know, I worked with her and her family for a decade at least. And, uh, so I'm going to play you her thing. She was so funny. I, I don't know if I can. Okay, so that's it. Thank you for the tour. It was lovely. And say hello to Randall for us. And uh, Justin's waiting for some friends to come by, and they're all going to go out to dinner and watch a movie. And so, see, and his shirt, it says, I'm dead inside. <laughs> and I think it's really funny because having dolphins and everything on it, and it's light blaby blue, and it's saying, I'm dead inside. But that's that's Justin. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, I got a Mother's Day card from Hope, and Justin and I are going out to lunch after church tomorrow, so um, I think I'm going to take a nap because I they gave me prednisone and uh, erythromycin and some other stuff, and I'm starting to feel really kind of tired, so 
but it was nice chatting with you and thank you so much and we'll have to chat more on Marco Polo when I'm available. Take care. Bye. Yeah, so that didn't happen because she was diagnosed right after that with with, with the stage four cancer and um <clears throat> had four chemo treatments and that was it. So yeah. <laughs> but she had a sense of humor. <laughs> She was a Toastmaster. Uh, she was a master Toastmaster. She actually accomplished that goal, um, you know, like a, about a year ago, less than a year ago, which was, if you know anything about Toastmasters, that's pretty impressive to become a master Toastmaster. Me, I'm only super good at toasting toast in my toaster. That's it. I've actually never been to one Toastmasters meeting, which I know People have told me I should go to, but I'm afraid that if I go, it'll mess up my great gift of articulating from my heart, you know, make me think too much. <clears throat> but, you know, her kids, that that boy that you saw in that video, I saw him when he was like five years old. So <laughs> to see him all grown up and now know that he's without his mom is just, it's just, uh, it's just a lot. And then my friend Joe, it's, and then Randall's dad, it's like, it's been a hard week. So, but anyway, so enough about us, <laughs> uh, enough about us, but hey, let's talk about Donald Trump and how much everybody loves him, okay, because Donald Trump is uh, uh, in the news, and you know, these guys, do me a favor and block the stupid bots on Periscope, you guys, if you don't mind. Um, so according to uh, dailymail.co.uk, or as I lovingly refer to it as UCK, Trump polls, um, a, Trump's approval rating among likely voters soars to his best in 23 months at 52% after the State of the Union address as border wall shut down, uh, talks intensify. Oh, oh, and before I forget too, I should say that, um, that my phone number has been made, it's been public for a long time, so so to you who said it's brave of me to put it out there, it's all right. It's been out there for 15 years. So it's on my website. You can yeah, get it anyway. All right. So it says here, Donald Trump's job approval rating among likely U.S. voters hit 52%. And I don't know why they made that two words, but whatever. On Monday, in a daily tracking poll conducted by Rasmussen Reports. Because it is two words. It is? Well, it it can go either way. If you're going to be really, if you're going to be correct to the Latin, it's per cent, or well, it's actually percentum per one hundred. So it is two words, but it's along the way it was concatenated into one percent, not into one percent, but into one word. Uh, percent is one word, but to be to be correct, more true to the Latin percentum it, it is two words gotcha all right so <clears throat> back to you back to me okay um <clears throat> anyway it says here on monday in a daily tracking poll conducted by rasmussen reports the polling organization he uses most frequently to promote himself now note that the snarky attitude of the writer of this article 
Uh, that number is his highest since March 6, 2017, less than seven weeks after he took office. It has been even longer since Trump's strongly approved and strongly disapproved numbers weren't underwater. They were even at 39% on Monday. Overall, 47% <clears throat> of likely voters disapprove of Trump's Oval Office performance. That's a low watermark since November 2nd, 2018. Monday's numbers came from surveys conducted during the three weekdays following the president's State of the Union address. It's not unusual for presidents to get a polling bump after the high-profile annual address. Yeah, Trump could use the groundswell now more than ever because, you know, Friday is looming. The deadline looms for the White House and congressional Democrats to house out a budget deal to avoid a second government shutdown. How many are with me on the government shutdown? We should just shut down the government altogether. Yeah, we should. <clears throat> no, I, except for our military. We need the military. Anyway, ask what Monday's numbers mean. A senior Democratic House aide confided on background. I don't know yet if it's horrible, but I'm sure it isn't good. The White House, however, seemed pleased. Trump himself tweeted an image of his story at the top of the Drudge Report, an influential news aggregation website. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, you know, if Donald Trump actually tweets about it, then you know there's some validity to it. Uh, <laughs> the principal battle is shaping up as it was in December over the president's demand for money to continue construction of a wall on the U.S.-Mexico border, blah, 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 blah. Okay, whatever. I don't need to read the whole article. You guys know. I have never been polled, nor do I know anyone who has ever been polled. Actually, Ted, I have been polled, uh, but I'm probably a lot older than you because your picture looks super young, like you could be my son. Um, but I've, I've been polled a lot. I get called all the time. People want my opinion on everything. Why? I have no idea. Sometimes I give them a snarky opinion. Sometimes I'm like... Okay, this is my real opinion. <sighs> anyway, so there's that. Okay. Also, young evangelicals souring on Israel because of social justice media deception. Now, this is not surprising to me because the social justice movement drives me crazy. And it's not because I'm heartless, you know, and I don't care about people and, you know, all that stuff. I sell legal shield people. So, you know, I'm just saying I care about justice. But anyway, so listen to this. It says, uh, oh, there's a correction on this. Okay, it says here, a leading Anglican theologian is arguing that the reason younger evangelicals are distancing seeing themselves from supporting Israel, including the theological underpinnings for doing so, is in part because of mass media derision of their immoral parents. Before a small crowd of journalists, Christian and Jewish thinkers, and Israel advocates at a gathering at Mind Space in the Washington Post building on Monday, sponsored by the Christian foreign policy journal Providence, General, Gerald rather McDermott, Anglican Chair of Divinity at Beeson Divinity School, in Birmingham, Alabama, recounted his experiences as one of only two pro-Israel voices at the Christ at the Checkpoint Conference, which is usually held in Bethlehem, Jesus' birthplace, but occurred last fall in Oklahoma City. With its strong pro-Palestinian bent, critics say the conference is aimed at turning younger Christians away from the pro-Israel theological paradigm that presently dominates American evangelical Christianity. <laughs> 
I guess technically I'm old now because I'm 50, right? I'm like creeping into going over the hill part. So why do you think that uh, that the pro-Israel theological paradigm that presently dominates American evangelical Christianity, Christianity actually presently dominates it? That would be, oh wait, I'll tell you. It's it's a pop quiz, but I'll give you the answer. It's because, duh, hello, if you actually read the Bible, if you actually read it, right? You know, the book that you say you love and stuff. If you actually read the Bible, it's pro-Israel, just so you know. Are you raising your hand or stretching? Well, I was uh, I was just, just stretching, but yeah, I think yes. it's important to clarify pro-Israel. It doesn't mean... Uh, it doesn't mean solid support of the government in every decision that they make, speaking of the Israeli government, you know, the Knesset, everything comes out of there. Um, but as as a people, uh, God's people, the chosen people, uh, and the nation, I mean, read Jeremiah 31 and see about the the importance and the promise of the everlasting nature of his people and a nation Israel as as a people and as a as a nation and so God is pro Israel and so to be not pro Israel is ultimately to be anti God I mean that sounds sounds kind of harsh and but anyway biblical speak biblically speaking if you want to continue the article maybe I can sure bring up the scripture that I was alluding to okay so it says here, yet millennial evangelicals are increasingly distancing themselves from modern modern Israel. The Anglican theologian said, in part because they want to distance themselves from their parents who tend to support Israel enthusiastically. He said in response to a question from the Christian Post about why recent polling data indicates waning support for the Jewish state among younger Christians. Uh, CP asked if this trend is a reaction against what they see as uncritically blind total support for Israel through figures such as San Antonio pastor John Hagee, an outspoken Christian Zionist and the founder of Christians United for Israel. Why my nose itches irritates me. Their parents are roundly criticized in our culture culture for being uneducated and for being now at this point in our culture culture immoral. For their opposition to gay marriage, that's sort of a leading reason, and young people don't want to be thought of as bad people, McDermott explained. Yeah, so you see this? So if you oppose homosexual marriage, note the word homosexual, then you're considered immoral by this crowd, right? And Lou, I think it was here, said, um, let's see here, I'm going to go ahead and scroll back here. Lou said, social justice is code for socialism. Yeah, and I've said, because I heard somebody else say it, because I repeat people people, just so you know, that Judas in the Bible was the father of the social justice movement because when the woman who was anointing the Lord with this very costly perfume actually wept, you know, and did that, instead of the disciples, Judas included in that, being like, um, like, oh my gosh, this is such an awesome worship act to, to Jesus, to Yeshua, they were like, hey, you know what? Don't you know that she could have spent all this money and given it to the poor? She could have sold that, given it to the poor, instead of doing this thing that she's done for Christ. 
And yet Jesus stood up and basically said, hey, you guys, just so you know what she did here in honor of me will be remembered all over the world where whenever the gospel is preached. Here we are a couple thousand years later, Stacey Lynn Harp's mentioning it because this woman worshiped Christ, right? And then Jesus went on to say, and the poor you're always going to have with you. We're not going to wipe out poverty. It's, just, it's not going to happen, right? I mean, so get over it. If you're a social justice person, build a bridge and get over it. Actually, build a wall around America and stay out if you're illegal. But anyway, but the truth is, that's the truth. The truth is, we're always going to have the poor with us because the wicked dictators in all these countries who withhold food from the people that they are lording, you know, their power over because people are evil. You know, I read a proverb a couple weeks ago that talked about how, um, you know, how the ground is fallow, uh, but it doesn't have to be. God created enough earth all over the place to grow food everywhere. You know, I mean, seriously, what kind of God would I serve if, if he was so mean that he intentionally made it where everybody in the world or at least part of the world would starve? It has nothing to do with God, the people starving, okay? And as soon as people get through their thick head that that's the case, then, you know, people, the righteous people are the ones feeding people, trying to go, you know, into these places and like communism, you know, where it rains and trying to help them out. And Pastor Tommy, who's coming on the show tomorrow, said, but no justice for the pre-born child. That's right. And that irritates me. And don't even get me started on that because that's tomorrow, Tommy. <laughs> we'll talk about that. You know, we'll talk about that. And what's up, Pussycat? I know that you are um, here to cause dissension in our chat, but just so you know, whatever. I don't really care. Okay, so we're going to go ahead. And those guys, hey, if you want to mute that dude, like in the chat, those of you who are in there, go for it. Okay. All right. Back to this article. Survey data from Lifeway that was published in December 2017 revealed that 77% of evangelicals ages 65 and older said they supported the existence, security, and prosperity of Israel, whereas only 58% of evangelicals ages 18 to 34 said the same thing. For the most part, younger evangelicals are indifferent about Israel, said Scott McConnell, executive director at Lifeway Research. I would say most... Christians are in general because the church doesn't actually, unless you go to an actual Bible-believing expository preaching church, for the most part, you're not going to hear anything about Israel. That drives me crazy, by the way. Anyway, it says here, the shift is not just political but theological as younger Christians don't see a biblical connection between the land of Israel and the modern nation-state in addition to the ongoing role of the Jewish people in salvation history. <laughs> Read Romans. If you read the book of Romans, chapter 9, 10, and 11, that will actually help you understand that if you're one of these people, okay? Ugh. Anyway, I'm not going to read the rest of this article, but you guys can go over to the Christian Post website and look it up. Randall, do you want to weigh in on that? Because, you know, yeah, I, I mean, this, this drives me crazy. It does. It just drives yeah. me crazy. I don't mean to turn this into a sermon or uh, yeah, it's all right. a Bible study, but... How dare you? I'm Check this Bible out. Bible News Radio. In Jeremiah chapter 31, uh, picking up in verse 31, I'm going to use the uh, English Standard Version just because it's a little more modern English and this is our new show rather than our Bible study show. 
Anyway, you see the the topic here, the title, the new covenant. Yes, this is the same new covenant where Yeshua, Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. He was referring to this. Anyway, verse 31, Jeremiah 31. Verse 31, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a, a new covenant. And I looks like this is getting slightly cut off here. I see that, so let me... There we go. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Talking about the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, the divided kingdom that there were at the that there the divided kingdoms that there were at the time, or the divided kingdom. There were two kingdoms, but it was one formerly one kingdom. So, anyway, was, was were depending on how you approach it. A divided kingdom was the divided kingdoms were. Okay. Now notice who the covenant is with. It's with the house of Yisrael and the house of Yehuda, the, the, the Jewish people. It's not with the Gentiles. The new covenant that Yeshua instituted in his blood is with the house of Yisrael and the house of Yehuda, Israel and Judah. Gentiles are not the recipients of the covenant. They are beneficiaries of the covenant through the blood of Messiah. Anyway, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them uh, by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, because I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel uh, after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for light by day, and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from before me, declares the Lord, then shall the offspring of Israel cease from being a nation before me forever. Not just a people, but a nation. Thus says the Lord, if the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth below can be explored, then I will cast off the offspring of Israel for all they have done, declares the Lord. Um, going to stop there basically um if if you know the sun moon and stars no longer appear the waves no longer then then his people israel will cease to be a nation before him that you know if you can measure the heavens above you know or the the foundations of the earth below i mean we've we kind of estimate the size but how how deep is the crust how, you know, is there really a magma? How deep it is? I mean, it's it's speculation. Uh, it can't be done. So he's not going to cast off all the offspring of Israel for what they've done. He's not going to, they're not going to cease to be a nation before uh, him. Uh, Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum, he talks about doing a, a, a lecture at a college. And he titled it something like "How to Cut Off Israel Forever." Right. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and all the all the Muslim students showed up. Like, yeah, you know, how do we how do we get rid of Israel? A lecture at a college.
Sorry. Wait, hold on. Stop that. Okay. And, and, My bad. And he turned to this, this passage. Well, okay, if you can stop the waves and the sun, the moon, the stars, you know, these fixed orders, then, yeah, you'll get rid of <laughs> Israel. Then they'll cease to be a nation. Um, but, no, they've, they've always been a nation. There was a time that they were dispersed <laughs> as a people, but in fulfillment of prophecy, a nation was born in a day. In May of 1948, came together uh, with this, with their language, with their national identity, et cetera, et cetera. We could go on just how miraculous the existence of Israel is as a nation, as an identifiable people and a nation and a language, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, the, it's against all odds. Yeah, and the very, I mean, if you don't believe but in God for... it's all prophetic. Yeah, but if you don't believe in God for one reason, one reason you should is because of Israel. True story. Randall and I have been there one time. Uh, we were we uh, were a lot younger, by the way. <laughs> Especially me. I was so much younger back then. And indeed, something that both Stacey and I have been stressing lately, I mean, I've known it for a long time, but it just, it just hit me in a more profound way last weekend. That, you know, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, didn't just show up and say, hey, I'm the latest incarnation of deity and and I'm going to do some miracles and say some nice things and and that's my proof of my deity. You know, just another religious leader that have come and gone throughout the ages. There's even been others claiming to be the Jewish Messiah right. who didn't get any traction. Uh, not for long, anyway. Um, but Yeshua stepped into time and space. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, the scripture tells us. But in fulfillment of hundreds of years and hundreds of Old Testament prophecies. I mean, the context is everything. And the and the timing yeah. and everything I have, just everything about his life came with such context context and content to establish the role was already established the the role of the jewish messiah was already established it just he stepped into it in in a perfect fit unlike anyone that came before or after and so so the the you know so understanding the life of messiah from a Jewish perspective well, <clears throat> is 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 it necessary for salvation? No, but, but it makes your it makes so much. It more. Is, well, Lou said this is why I'm studying Hebrew. The end might show up, and we will need it. Yeah, maybe. So, you know, um, and Tommy says she loves it. Mama Gina said so. God gave the people of Israel a conscience. They really didn't seem to have one before that. So, anyway, yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, speaking of Ariel Ministries, if you don't have the book, <laughs> Highlights of the Life of Messiah from Messianic Jewish well, Perspective. Not highlights, it's just the life, but whatever. The bridge version is like, oh, I see, yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, you can go to ariel.org, right there, A-R-I-E-L.org. You can go there, save 20% when you use that coupon code, Bible News. Yeah, you can. That's what you should do. And you can also get other, some other recommended resources at our website. Over there, we got the book American Amnesia by Jerry Newcomb. We have 
biblical guide, uh, the Christian's biblical guide to understanding Israel from Doug Hershey. We got some of those. We got Arnold Fruchtenbaum's teaching on the doctrine of the church, ecclesiology, and we got some stuff from Mo- Model Ballaston, who was mentored by Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum. Um, you know, just a whole bunch of good stuff there. We we give you good meat, meat, because you can't survive on sugar and honey all the time, people. Just so you know, just can't. And you know, I have to tell you honestly, the more time you spend in God's word, hopefully the humbler you get. <laughs> I know he's making me humble. You know, I it just, you know, anyway, being a being a Christian is not for wimps, just so you know. Okay. All right. Uh, also, if you uh, want to be a pillar of our community, you can do that too. If you want to donate to the show, you can do that easily on our website, biblenewsradio.com forward slash give. And I want to thank those of you who do that for us. I appreciate it a lot. And you know what? I also want to encourage you that if you watch other broadcasters who are on Periscope or they are consistent, here's the deal. If they're consistent in sharing the actual gospel, not some fake gospel, the actual gospel, the real gospel, you know, the, the real gospel. If they're consistent in doing that, and they are out there ministering to people, then by all means, donate something to them and bless them. You know, seriously, be a brother, be a sister, especially if you're eating the spiritual food that they provide for you, go over there and donate something to their show, you know, and say, hey, I love you for doing this. I appreciate it. Because you know what? A lot of people tune into these internet shows. This is the thing that cracks me up. I've been doing this for 15 years, almost 16 years, 15 years I've been doing a show. And in that time, I have, well, I can't say the whole time. I can say kind of middle, middle into it, probably 10 years into it. <laughs> I finally got somebody actually gave me money. And I'm going to tell you something. When somebody donates their hard-earned money to you because um, they appreciate you being bold enough to talk about the things that a lot of people won't talk about, that's such validation because, you know, I talk to a lot of fellow broadcasters. A lot of us feel uh, isolated, lonely, like people don't get us. Like, why are you doing this? You know, when you see Joe Schmo over there trying to sell a $1,500 coaching package, you'll go drop that in a heartbeat. But to give $10 to a ministry that's blessing you every day, oh, no, we can't do that because, you know, Christians don't need the money, right? (laughs) It drives me crazy. So I'm just appealing on behalf of my friends on Periscope, you know, Tommy Norman and and Jason Wallace and, and Rick Costa, those three I know, you know, share the gospel faithfully, you know, donate to them. I mean, if you donate to me, I mean, a lot of you do, but, you know, go bless them with a couple of bucks. Hey, say, hey, this is for, you know, a cup of coffee or something. It will do more for you than you know to be able to bless them. And it will encourage that person because you just don't know sometimes, especially if you don't do it, you don't know how big of a job this is. I mean, how how draining it can be and, you know, the spiritual attacks, you have no idea unless you've done it. So I'm just saying, you know, just give where you can. All right. <clears throat> All right, so let me get this last article. I think we got about nine minutes left. I think I can cover it in this. <coughs> My allergies are completely acting up here. Uh, this is over on Fox News, the moderately conservative network. 
Hundreds of Southern Baptist leaders, volunteers accused of sexual misconduct and bombshell investigation. Uh, it says here, hundreds of leaders and volunteers within Southern Baptist churches across the nation have been accused of sexual misconduct against young churchgoers for decades, many of them quietly returning to church roles even after being convicted for sex crimes, which how that happens, I have no idea. You know what I mean? A bombshell investigation by the Houston Chronicle and the San Antonio Express News found that over the last 20 years, about 380 Southern Baptist church leaders and volunteers have faced credible accusations of sexual misconduct. Of those, roughly 220 were convicted of sex crimes or received plea deals in cases involving more than 700 victims in all, the report found. Many accusers were young men and women who allegedly experienced everything from exposure to pornography to rape and impregnation at the hands of church members. You know what's really sad about this? I mean, these numbers, in my opinion, are, are outrageous. But what's even more shocking to me is those that have not been reported. And may you never forget that. The numbers that we have, you know, basically show that one in... Uh, three women have been sexually assaulted by somebody on some level, and one in four boys, okay? It's a little bit lower for boys. But in the church, it should be zero, just so you know, people. It should be zero everywhere, but in the church in particular, it should be zero, 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 zero. That should be sexually assaulted by anybody. And you know what? I'm just going to say this. If you're one of those creeps that do it in the church to people, may God do what he does to you swiftly. Just saying. I just, yeah, that just, that fries me. Uh, It says here, the newspapers reported that the Southern Baptist Convention largely treated the accusation as isolated issues and took an out-of-sight, out-of-mind mentality, even amid growing pressures to create a registry so the accusations wouldn't disappear as alleged perpetrators move from city to city. The Chronicle and... um, and Express News created a database of convicted sexual abusers with documented connections to the SBC. The investigation took over six months and involved the cross-examination of hundreds of allegations corroborated by court documents and prison records. The results were startling and reiterated how allegations of sexual misconduct aren't limited to just the Catholic Church. And it's true, I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but I think you get the point. And uh, I had a friend, there's a website called stopbaptistpredators.org. It might be .com. Um, But here's the thing. Think about it just for a second. I'm going to put on my therapy hat for a minute. I don't really have it here, around here. But if I had it, I would put it on. And it would look super cool, by the way. Anyway, here's the thing. People who generally molest other people and sexually assault them, have problems in their head, right? Um, And many of them are narcissistic. And when you put the narcissistic abuser in front of a church, first of all, it's great for them because look at me, look at me, I'm so great. You know, they're, they're in a position of authority and power. And of course, people submit to them, especially naive young people, because they're ordered in that church environment to submit and, you know, and they, they actually think that they, they should submit to abuse, right? And this happens in Christian 
Christian marriages as well. And it drives me crazy because there's little outcry about it. <laughs> um, so what happens to these children and young adults that this happens to? Well, they get sexually assaulted by somebody in leadership in a church by a narcissistic abuser, generally speaking. Nobody believes them initially because you got the charming narc over there, you know, in his suit or in her dress or whatever they are in, you know, acting as if they're all great. Everybody loves them because that's narcissism. Everybody loves you. But behind the scenes, these people are wicked, evil doers. Just saying, they are. And so then, you know, when the person gets brave enough to actually report the crime, then what happens is they're called a liar and they're re-victimized again, even if they have evidence. I know it happened to me, just so you know. I'm just saying, you know. Um, but you know what? God knows. <laughs> Let me just say, you know, that, that I know it's completely out of context, but God knows. He knows. He knows every single thing that you do and I do. And he knows the wicked people and the way of the wicked, they're going to perish people. And they're going to a place that's not going to be very nice to be in. <sighs> so, you know, here's the thing. So then, you know, the children or the young adults, they finally admit and they can finally get the help. You know, and then there's all these investigations and then they have to deal with all that garbage on top of it, you know, and, and it shouldn't be that way. I mean, it just shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way in any type of church. It drives me crazy. So I know no one's getting away with anything, right, Tommy? And Annie is here. Hi, Annie. Annie, Randall and I totally appreciate your support <laughs> and market place watchman. I don't know your name. Michelle. Hi, Michelle. I'll follow you there. Welcome to the show. Thank you for telling me to teach. I don't know if I'm teaching per se, but I am talking uh, because it's like, who talks about this, right? And, and it's not uncommon for victims of these type of crimes to get re-victimized by the system. You know, so I'm actual, th I'm thankful now that more people are coming out of the closet, so to speak, and, and actually doing this, but, you know, exposing these evildoer creeps, but it's, it's not enough. More people have to. Jesus said something about a millstone and an ocean for a kid abusers, killers. That's right. He did. That's the scripture that I was thinking of. Harrison says, what if it turns out there is no hell just in heaven? Well, <laughs> then the Bible would be incorrect. So I would, and I don't think that that is, you know, accurate. So, because God is just you know? Yeah. Anyway, do you, you have any comments on this? I know we're cutting, we're cutting. We're cutting it close to the end, but. Okay. Michelle says some folks never hear about narcissism in church teach. Yeah. Well, think about it. You're, you're big leader. I mean, oh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. One of the big leaders that just fell. He was a classic narcissist. Classic. Anyway, go on bareface. Well, just that, uh, you were talking, you know, hell came up or, or the lake of fire, uh, which was prepared for the devil and his angels yep. and, uh, wasn't designed for human beings, but those who reject the free gift of, of salvation, of forgiveness, then, you know, they've got to end up where since they reject eternal fellowship with God, then there's, they put themselves 
there because that's the place that the Lord has created apart from him, apart from eternal fellowship with him, that created for the devil and his angels. And go read Matthew chapter 25. And, um, Sorry about that. <clears throat> Post-nasal drip pretty bad right now. Mm, hate it when uh, that happens. Well, it's the allergies. I have the blessed allergies of Tennessee. Hmm. Blessed assurance. <laughs> anyway. anyway. <laughs> I guess it's time to start wrapping this up. It, it is. It is time to wrap it up. Right. All right. So I got to tell you, I got to tell you a couple of things. First of all, um, thank you guys for tuning into the show and dealing with me and my emotions because they're like, you know, all over the place. What can I say? <laughs> what you see is what you get, people. Um, but also, I want to let you know, again, like, you know, if you want to sponsor our show, if you if you uh, you want to donate to our show, you can do that at our website. If you want to support our sponsor, you can do that. If you actually want to sponsor the show, you guys can do that. You know, I don't think we ever talk about that. If you want to sign up for Legal Shield, you know how to get in touch with me. Um, and what was the other thing? Um, tomorrow, Pastor Tommy Norman is going to be my guest. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's been, I think it's been about a year since we've had Tommy on. I've been slipping. Gotta get her on. Well, we love you too. I love you. I really do. I wish I could meet you in person. Give you a big old hug. Be like hugging you. You'd be hugging me. And then we could go play pickleball. <laughs> oh, by the way, that, that reminds me. I do have pickleball t-shirts available. I know they're for Spring Hill. You might not want it. But uh, if you do, I can send you the link to uh, do that. And you can go buy one. Then you can wear it and think of me playing pickleball i believe there will be pickleball in heaven i there has to be because <laughs> joe is you know hopefully joe's there <laughs> playing <laughs> anyway um yeah i am going to be offering some coaching services soon uh on my website um pastor not pastor um dr john strugans and i talked and he really encouraged me in that area and I'm currently seeing a couple of people right now as it is. I actually have a client in an hour I got to see. But um, if it's something that you think that you may be interested in doing with me, then get get in touch with me. And we can talk about what it is you need and what I can offer and the cost that it would take to do that. So, um, yeah. All right. So there you go. All right, people. Remember what the Bible says or what I say at the end of Bible News Radio. Be bold. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. And go tell somebody else that too, if you don't mind. Okay? Okay. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>